Welcome to Your Photography Mentor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to help you achieve your photography dreams, whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned pro. Now here's your hosts, David Molnar and Rich Coleman. Coleman. <laughs> hey, man. Hello. How are you these, doing? These jokes are not as funny the second time around. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> for those of you, for, just, those of you uh, hey, for those of you listening, we have a, a like a private mentorship that we go live in all the time, but we just had our first eight minutes of this group in the wrong spot because we're, we're that tech savvy today. Yep. Or that tech savvy. Yeah, it's one of those days. You know, I mean, here's the thing. I, I, I was just telling you, it's like your haircut is looking, your hair is looking really fine. And I'm getting like wispies sticking up all over the place because I'm not a criminal. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting it's getting kind of poofy. That's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use extra hair product right now. But, you know, um, but your hair is looking great, man. You're really good at cutting Thank your you. hair by yourself. I am. <laughs> I, used the, I, I used these scissors, these kitchen scissors right here. It was, it was quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Sheer talent. Yeah. Hey, um, Rich, if you suck at blowing the trumpet, that's probably why. Suck at playing the trumpet, yes. Because <laughs> you got to blow into the trumpet, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, uh, I landed a great joke on the other one. So TPM members go and TPM, listen to my joke. It was quite, <laughs> no, tell great. us the joke again. Tell, tell, tell us, man. It's great. Do it. What do you call a grizzly bear with no teeth? Do you know a gummy bear? Ah, my, my seven year old daughter read that to me, the gumption to do that, man. We got, I got so, um, in love with my kid yesterday after like, being inside a bunch that I just took them in the car and drove down to Hatteras and back. You did? Yeah. Just, <laughs> just to get them out of the house, man. My wife was going nuts. The kids were going nuts. So, so far so good. Gosh, man, along those, along those sad notes, uh, something that I worry about, and I know this is not very photography related, but I'm going to say it anyway. Something that I worry about, is that, you know, your kids were driving you nuts, so you just got them out of the house for the sake of your wife, and you're a freaking really good dad. You know what I mean? Like, you're, and what I mean by that is, like, you're loving your kids, and you're taking proactive steps to um, love on them and all that stuff, and obviously not abuse them. You know, like, I love my kids, too. They drive me crazy. They're, it's, it's nuts. And, uh, I mean, what I'm trying to say is, like, you don't abuse your kids, I don't abuse my kids. We love our kids, and they're driving us crazy right now. Can you imagine right now the amount of child abuse that's happening in the homes, the parents who were just laid off and uh, you know, haven't got their stimulus checks, haven't got unemployment, haven't gotten those things? Like It's heavy to think about that and the amount of suicides and all that stuff. So, you know, those all, I, I, you know, for those of you guys who don't know, I'm advocating for opening up the economy. Sorry. Like, I just, like, you know, if you, if you want to stay in quarantine longer, that's your choice. I think it's good that we did the quarantine. I think we should open it up. Because there are so many other things, like for the sake of the kids that are at home that are being abused that you guys don't know about, that we don't know about yet. Like, my gosh. The, uh, there's so much other things. There's so many other sides to this coin. So anyways, I didn't mean to get political. This is not a political thing. Um, you know, like I just, I feel for these kids that are sitting at home that don't have awesome dads like Rich, you know, to take care of them and to love on them and get to give, give his wife and their mom a break. I'm like the me, I'm like so the man. me protective neighbor too. Like I'm like the, like if I hear somebody screaming, like I'll walk up and like knock on the door. Like I'm like, I'm like the in your face neighbor with guns that people know about. Like they're like, oh gosh. Don't mess with that guy. As I say, as I go yeah. grocery shopping with a mask, sunglasses, a hat, gloves, and a gun in my pocket, that's also been a really interesting uh, little bit of fear tingle. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like one millisecond away from robbing this place. I'm like one bad decision <laughs> away from robbing, robbing Food Lion. Uh, it's weird to think about. Oh. Sorry, that's just me yeah. being an idiot. But I did think about that. I even Instagrammed it. I said, walking into the grocery store, uh, 
with a mask and sunglasses on. Good thing this isn't a bank. You know, just it's weird where the world is. <laughs> the the meme the other day where it was like, or there was a guy that said it, and he was like, he was like, I never thought there, I never thought I'd walk up to the bank teller counter with a mask on, but here I am. You yeah, and I was like, oh, it's so funny. Put all the money um, in the bag. No die packs. Yeah, I just see, think this see is the other a, the other uh, half of the issue too is I watch way too many movies about people robbing that I think I'm an expert. Like I watch a movie and I'm like, you're doing it wrong. I'm like immediately critiquing their plan. And I'm like, I could do it better. Mm. Mm. Oh, you mean for robbing, robbing a bank? Is that what you oh, mean? Oh yeah. Or, like okay, every gotcha. time, every time yeah. I watch it, I'm like, Oh, there's your flaw. You did this wrong. You told too many people. Not that I think about that mm. all the time. <laughs> oh, Once a criminal, always a criminal, right? Um, Rich is not a criminal now folks, but he was when he was 15. Or 16, True. Um, yeah. which is like three years ago. So yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, hey, today we're going to talk about, um, what, what is our title for it? It's about editing secrets, the, the, the editing There's, secrets that every photographer should know. Yeah, they all have different titles. We are on the last part of our three photography superpowers, editing right. like a pro. Yeah. So first week one, we talked about how to see like a, like a professional photographer. <laughs> Not talk like one, apparently, um, but see like a professional photographer. Week two, we talked about shooting like a professional photographer and kind of the, the advantages of shooting like a photographer and why you should, you know, like why you should shoot in manual mode, right? And, um, and then this week, we're going to talk about editing. Now, that, is, that does present us with a little bit of a challenge, um, you know, since editing is, you know, mostly visual. You know, photography in general is most, mostly visual. So it's, it's kind of a fun challenge to do this in the audio or audible form of a podcast. So, uh, but I think we're going to do it. And what we might do is we might even do a little segment where we're um, editing some photos and we'll put this, the editing video on davidmore.com forward slash 009 on the podcast post 009. Um, and then that way you guys can kind of watch a little editing sneak peek on that. So, hey, Rich, what are we giving away today? Because we got to, we give every single time we do a podcast for you live listeners, um, all 120, 20, 122 of you who are live listening at the moment, um, y'all could win something. What are we giving away today? Seriously, I don't know. What are we giving away today? Um, I, have a, I have a big box. It's a backpack. I, I love giving away backpacks because when we give stuff away, I get most comments. Like, I give away like this awesome tripod, and they're like, nothing. I hear nothing. I give away a backpack, and they're like, this is great. So people really like backpacks, but mm. if you let us know in the comments what you do like within yeah. reason, maybe we can get stuff you start like. I just get stuff that I like. Like I go on B&H and I'm like, that seems great. And I like that. That's my backpack. I'll use it. So let's give away this backpack that's right here. Let's do it. Can you show us the backpack? It's in a box already. Oh, <laughs> B&H. Um, okay, cool. Well, um, so we're going to give away that backpack. It's a pretty awesome backpack. It has going to have uh, my face, face sticker a, on the box. Might need, might need to get a uh, Rich Coleman. Hey, yeah, let us know in the comments. Um, Debbie is saying she wants that rolling bag that you have. Let us know in the comments. Rich is not wearing shoes, I guess. Um, or pants. Uh, he's wearing shorts, but not pants, you know. Uh, <laughs> Alana is saying she wants a backpack full of toilet paper. Backpacks are great. I'd love to have a backpack or a tripod. Zena says she's not picky. Okay, great. So let us know what you guys would like reasonably. Um, you know, like I would like a, you know, $80,000, you know, zoom lens. Like we're probably not going to be able to give that away on a podcast episode. But if you guys let us know what you would like, then we will do our, <laughs> Laura says she wants face stickers. So like the camera lens. So, okay, fantastic. I got face stickers. So we today, need more. I need more face stickers. I only have four left, but I found them cleaning out my office. They're a big hit. Mm. Sticker to what you know, you know what I mean? Um, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give away the backpack to one person who shares this Facebook Live recording of this podcast. So click the share button, say Rich and David are my friends, and or something like that. Like Entice people to come over because we want to help out as many people as possible. Oh, I had um, an idea. I just had a podcast. brilliant idea. What's up? We should give away a print. What's up? We should, we should like contact Millers and give away like a favorite print I have. A big canvas of a mm. shipwreck or... Of something, I don't know. That just would be or cool. Or a drone, or a drone shot, or something. Yeah, I could give away a print too. That'd be that'd be pretty sweet. Like a like a custom signed one or something. Yeah, like one of one, sweet. like or like one of five. So it's like worth more. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's great. We should talk about that. So for those of you guys who are just joining us, we are giving away a free backpack to one of you guys who share the link about this Facebook Live recording of our podcast episode nine today. And we're talking about editing secrets that every photographer should know. Okay, that's what we're talking about today on this live podcast. Okay, so and all you have to do is just click the share button and, um, and you will be, we're gonna randomly draw one of you guys who shared that link and, uh, and then y'all will be a, one of y'all will be a winner. Um, so yeah, so what, so editing, Rich, editing. You know, what, is, what does editing mean to you, Rich? Richard F. Coleman? Richard F. Coleman. The F stands for Franklin, for those of you wondering. Great name. Del- Franklin Delano Roosevelt. So editing is interesting. I, I'm going to be mean. I'm mean Rich Coleman. I'm going to say that a lot of people tend to mm. over-edit and do it incorrectly. Mm. So boom, everybody mm. listening right now, I'm sorry for being a jerk. Uh, people do it wrong. You don't edit mm. to like get this weird fake drama, crazy background. You edit to recreate the feeling of what it felt like to take the picture. If a picture doesn't mm. move you, take better pictures. So you need to like be in the headspace, like we talked about in week one, of seeing like a photographer, and then week two shooting like a photographer, and then like this is where everything comes together. So you you know what you want, you shot it correctly. And now you get to edit it to make you feel like what it felt like when you were on that trip or on that vacation or with your grandkid or, you know, whatever you're feeling in that moment needs to come back with this final step of editing like a pro. And I want to say, like, we've said every part's the most important so far, but this is like the one where you can keep learning. You can never stop doing this part. And the cool thing is, is, as you get better, you can go back and re-edit something from like three years ago and be like, wow, this picture that sucked, I made, I made good again. So it's great that you're able to go back and fix some past mistakes, and that's what editing is about. Uh, you know, focus on what's important. That trash can in the background of your picture is not important. Get rid of it. You know, that zit on my forehead, not important. Get rid of it. Um, you want to remember know, the That's good pretty time. important. It tells a story. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rich, I want to ask you a question. So why is it that we need to edit to recreate the emotion? Why can't we just take the picture to start with? Well, so we did a blog post, I think episode one or two, about the human eye versus your camera. Your eye sees eleven over 11 stops of light. That means we always talk about shoot, like when you take a picture outside, you can either expose for the sky or the, the foreground or the background. Your eye and your brain seamlessly sees everything perfectly and your camera cannot do that. So when you edit, you have to edit it to get it even close to what your eye saw. So it does take some work because even your camera, even though your camera's great, Canon, Nikon, Sony, Fuji, everything's great, it's not as good as your eye. That's why I can go out and look at the moon and it looks awesome, but when I try to take a picture, it looks awful. It's because my eye is wonderfully made by an intentional creator and my camera cannot keep up, and that's why I have to edit. Mm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's so good and so powerful. I mean, how many stops did you say that our eye can see? Nine or eleven stops? Or eleven, eleven. So stops of light double, by the way. So if you if you were to just just a, here's a here's like a uh, photography science lesson, if you if you will. I, I don't want to go super deep into the science, but basically, if you add a stop of light you're effectively doubling the amount of light that's hitting your camera sensor. So if you add a stop of light, you're doubling the light. So if you, if you go 11 stops from this 11 stops over here, then what it means is that you're doubling the light 11 times, doubling it, doubling it, doubling it, doubling it. It's, I think they call that exponential. Uh, yeah, anyways, so point, the point being is that your sight, your, your eyesight, your eyes, your God-given eyes, okay, um, and some of us are blessed with better vision than others, but I, you know, in general, okay, uh, I'd say someone who has a 2020 eye, and I don't know if this would, how this would change if someone has glasses or something. So I, I apologize, I don't know that science. But someone with um, normal God-given eyes, okay, can see an incredible depth and incredible range of tones and colors highlights and shadows. We can see so much detail, so much vivid colors 
we can see so many tones and so many tints and so many, you know, different, so much different information in one image. And the truth is, um, is that we're seeing all this, all this, uh, all this information, but our cameras can't capture basically the detail that our cameras captures pales in comparison to what you and I see. Because what we're seeing is we're seeing all the highlights up here at 11 stops brighter, right? Or 11 times brighter. And we're seeing all the shadows at 11 stops darker or 11 times darker, okay? And we're also seeing all the tones and the colors and all the hues in between. And our brain is putting it all together to craft one beautifully composited image and that's why we can see the bright blues in the sky while also seeing the dark shadows beneath the trees in the horizon, okay? And I, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but like you go into a dark room, I'm sure you've noticed, and your eyes like take a minute to adjust. You feel like you can't see everything because you walked in from outside and all of a sudden your eyes adjust. What's actually happening is your eye, your ap the aperture in your eye, your iris is opening up to a larger size and your eyes you know, are adjusting you know, for that. Our eyes are so intelligent. And as amazing as our cameras are, whether you have a Nikon or a Canon or a Sony or Fuji, um, Pentax, doesn't matter. Um, as amazing as our eyes are, sorry, as amazing as the cameras are, our eyes are so much more sophisticated and so much scientifically, technologically, so much more technologically advanced, if you want to go technological, um, than the cameras, the amazing cameras that they have these days. So here's the deal. Here's like here's the here's why we edit short and sweet. Your eyes can see so much beauty. You can see so many tones and so many colors, all right? And your brain can piece them all together to create one image. Your camera sucks compared to your eyes. Even if you do an amazing job of envisioning seeing the future, even if you do an amazing job of capturing the correct exposure, or at least the exposure that you want as the photographer, exposure is brightness. Even if you capture the correct brightness, the correct depth of field, the correct focus, the correct flowing or freezing of motion, even if you capture all those things 100% correct, your images potentially, probably, most likely, are gonna pale in comparison to the beauty that you're experiencing with your own God-given eyes. So the reason we edit is not to make our photos look cheesy. It's not because we like that bright and airy preset look. It's not because we like that grungy overlaid look. It's not because we like the oversaturated look or the undersaturated or the black and white look. The reason we edit is to recreate the beauty and the emotion that we see with our God-given eyes. And so that our viewers, the people that are looking at our images, it's so that they can view and feel and experience what we felt with our own God-given eyes. So we edit to recreate the emotion and recreate the beauty that we experienced with our own eyes. That is why we edit. Would you, what do you think, Rich? I concur. I concur. And sometimes as photographers and artists, like we get hung up in that moment with our camera. And I said this before, but I say it all the time because it was such a profound statement. Um, my buddy, your buddy, Nick McLean, um, director, cinematographer, great guy. He says, I was at a shoot with him and we were shooting like something like a super moon or something. And I noticed he wasn't doing anything. Like he took a picture and was done. And I said, what's up, man? And he looked right at me like very intentionally and very serious and not to be mean, but he said, sometimes you have to take a step back and just enjoy the moment. Like, and that's what photography is. Like we're enjoying the moment so that other people can enjoy it later. And it, it's like so true. And I really try to live like that now. Like if, if I'm in Iceland and I'm looking at the Northern lights and I'm screaming cause I'll, it's like, I jumped like, Somebody just landed like the sickest skateboard trick. I'm like, oh my God, this is sick. Like I'm screaming almost at the top of my lungs because it was a magical moment in Iceland. And then like I put my camera back in my bag and I just sat there in the freezing cold looking up at this like awesome thing happening because I wanted to, I wanted to burn it in my mind. Um, but it's so cool that, you know, experience, experiencing those moments, you can do both um, because, you know, no matter how good of an editor you are, you can't, 
you can't touch what your eye saw. Like you, we're just trying to do our best job to get us back there. And uh, that's kind of fun too. It's fun editing pictures. Like editing might be my favorite step because I'm like, as I'm doing it, I'm like, ooh, ooh, that looks good. Ooh, yeah, warm it up. Ooh, like it gives me all these like tingle feels like, yeah, like this is getting better. It does. But, you know, speaking of editing and getting those tingly feels, um, we should talk about the art of choosing images or culling images. Now, I say cull, cull, C-U-L-L, cull. Not call, not, not like call me maybe, call me maybe, but cull, C-U-L-L. This is crazy. To cull means to choose. What's crazy? Oh, oh say, call me yeah. maybe. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, that song. It's it's like stuck in your head, right? Um, so we we can talk about the art of choosing images or culling images for a second, and then what I might actually do is do an editing demonstration for all of you guys who are on live, and then I'll post this video on the podcast um, uh, page, davidmolnar.com forward slash zero zero nine. Once we have this video up and ready, up and ready. Um, but let's talk about culling for a second or choosing images because what you were talking about is you were saying editing is your favorite part when you get to change the images and actually kind of recreate that emotion. But sometimes people think editing is also the process of choosing the images, which arguably maybe it is. But is that your favorite part, choosing the images? No, but I would say choosing the images is the most important part of the editing process. So Editing a picture is not choosing it in my mind. That is specifically the culling or choosing process. And if you haven't listened to anything else we've said, my photography professional career changed immensely once I figured out this thing David's about to teach you and I took it to heart. Like mm. it changed my mm. professional photography career, my personal photography. This is huge, huge, huge. So mm. put your listening ears on. And in the comments say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Um, for those of you guys who are asking which program, uh, which editing software we use, we use a program called Lightroom Classic. I think Audrey Hepburn. Hepburn. Okay. Uh, Hepburn? Classic. Classic is better. Hepper. I think Audrey Hepper. Audrey Hepburn is classic. Okay. And classic is always better. Um, so anyways, um, there is another Lightroom program called Light, just Adobe Lightroom. That's not the one we recommend. Um, I call that one Lightroom Dumb. Okay, that one's called Lightroom Dumb. Um, that's what I call it. But Lightroom Classic is actually the program that you should do, use, and it comes included with uh, Adobe's Creative Cloud plan because you can get Photoshop and Lightroom. Lightroom is the program that you're going to do the culling or choosing process that I'm about to talk about, and it's where you can do the majority of your editing uh, to transform your images. And once you edit one image, you can synchronize your edits between one image and multiple other images. So it's really, really powerful because you could edit one photo the way that you want. And then if you've shot a hundred more photos that are in very similar lighting situations and with um, when you're shooting in manual mode in your camera and you're shooting consistently good exposures and good correct images, you can edit one and then you can synchronize the rest of those images and it will speed up your workflow like, like really amazing. Yep. Hey, if you guys are just tuning in right now, we are giving away a backpack in a little teeny bit. I know a bunch of you guys just tuned in. And all you have to do to be eligible to give away, to, to win that giveaway of the backpack is just click the share button because we want to help out as many people as possible on this podcast. Episode nine, okay, of the Your Photography Mentor podcast. But we're talking about how to successfully choose images or the art of choosing images. So here's the, here's the thing. Okay. There is some theory and some, you know, some simple ratios that you can use for um, for picking images or choosing images, because I will tell you this, when I used to shoot weddings, um, I shot a lot of weddings, Rich has shot a ton of weddings, I've done a lot of advertising shoots and a lot of portrait shoots, I've done a lot of shoots, uh, thousands of shoots probably in my time. Um, but anyways, um, culling, choosing images can be a painful process, okay, especially when you have to look through a bunch of crappy images that are uninspiring to you. Because here's the truth, okay, and this is like, I want you guys to take this to heart right now. Okay, two thirds of your images are gonna suck. Okay, sorry for being blunt. I'm sorry for like ruining your day, but it doesn't matter how good you aspire to be, two thirds of your images are gonna be throwaways. Like, Boom. throw them away. Okay? Two thirds of my images and, suck. And, yeah, and two thirds of my images suck as well. Okay, like, so um, if your photography mentors are telling you that two thirds of your images are not good, then most likely two thirds or more of your images are not gonna be good either. So permission 
to ignore those two thirds. So when I say throw them away, I don't necessarily mean delete them and I'm gonna explain why in just a minute, okay? But what I do want you to understand is that when you do a photo shoot of a thousand photos, okay, let's say you, you know, shoot a thousand photo shoots on a senior portrait session, 667 of those images, I'm gonna round up so that we're not like talking about, you know, uh, satanic stuff. Um, 667 of those images, two thirds of those images are gonna suck and you should not look at them ever again once you've gone by them one time, okay? So permission to get rid or ignore two thirds of your images, okay? They're not gonna be good. And I want you to just understand and accept that and take a deep breath because some people are like, oh, I don't know. But they, they worry about this and this is the thing. This is where so many photographers get held up and they get decision fatigue. And they'll, they'll laboriously go back and forth on whether or not they should delete this image or not delete this image. And it, it becomes this much bigger hassle. How many of you guys have experienced that where you're like, I don't know if I should delete this image or not delete this image. I don't know if this image is better or this image is better. I'm gonna help you guys out right now, okay? This is gonna be a game changer for you. And uh, also I have a course called Lightroom Classic 101, okay? And in that course, it's only an hour and a half long or so and it's amazing and it's potent. In that course, I show you exactly how to do this process of choosing the images in the most powerful, efficient, quick, and successful way possible for choosing those images and how to edit those images with my five-step editing recipe, which I might show you guys a glimpse of in just a minute for those of you guys who are on live. And I show you how to synchronize those edits between multiple images that are similar so that you can process your images fast and get amazing professional quality. So I'm gonna talk about that choosing process now. Here's the thing, keep in mind, you're gonna throw away, if you shoot a thousand images, you're only gonna keep one third of them, okay? You're gonna throw away the other two thirds of your images. So what does that mean? If you're you know, decent at math, that means if you shoot a thousand images, 667 of those images are gonna go bye-bye. What I actually do is I put them in a folder called delete, and I just remove them from the equation, and then six months later, if I feel really good about it, I will delete those photos, okay? So I don't necessarily delete them right away. I'm not looking for images to delete. What I am doing, okay, is when I'm looking through images, I'm only looking for the good images. I'm not looking for bad. I'm not looking to decide whether I wanna delete this image or not. I'm doing the reverse version of that psychology. I'm looking for the good, and here's why. Couple reasons, okay? Number one, if you're looking for bad images, you're gonna be depressed. And how many of you guys know that sometimes photographers and artists are a little bit emotional, okay? A lot of us are fours in the Enneagram. I'm not, I'm a seven, but a lot of us are, okay? You know what four in the Enneagram is? Um, the Enneagram's awesome, go look it up. It's been really good for, for stuff. Anyways, um, here's the thing. You don't wanna look for the negative in life. You don't just wanna go look for the negative, okay? You should try to have a positive outlook on life, okay? For those of you guys who are paying attention to the news, who's fear-mongering all this stuff, look for the good news. The good news is 50 to 85 times more people are actually infected with the virus, which means, and they've already developed successful immunity to it, which means that the death toll is actually 50 to 85 times lower than the fear-mongering media has told you. So in the same way that you shouldn't only look for the bad, you should start looking for only the good when you're talking talking about your images, okay? Sorry, I hate the fear-mongering propaganda media. It just drives me nuts because it just they're just trying to instill fear and control you guys. Anyways, here's the thing. When you're only looking for good images, you're gonna do it more efficiently and you're gonna feel better about your images, okay? You're gonna feel better about them because you're only looking for the good images, okay? And when you do that, you're gonna mark you're gonna mark um, in Lightroom, which is the Lightroom Classic, the best editing uh, software in the world for choosing and organizing and editing your images, you're no longer gonna even push a button to mark the bad images, the two thirds of the images that you're going to throw away. Instead, you're only gonna push a button to mark the images, <coughs> excuse me, that are good that you can't stand to live without, okay? So what that means is that if you have a thousand images, you were previously gonna push the next button and then you were gonna mark a bad image and then you're gonna push the next button and you're gonna mark a good image when it was good. So what that means is that you're gonna have to push 
at least 2,000 button, buttons, at least. So you just think about the, from an efficiency standpoint, 2,000 buttons, okay? Because you have to push the next key and then the arrow key, and then you have to mark it with something, okay? And not to mention the decision fatigue of trying to decide should I delete this one or not. Instead, what you're doing is reducing that by 700 button clicks-ish, okay? Uh, 700 and something button clicks. And you're only gonna push the next button and then mark on the good images, those 300 and something good ones, okay? So that means that you're gonna go from, just from an efficiency standpoint, okay, you're literally gonna go from pushing a minimum of 2,000 buttons for a 1,000 image photo shoot, because next, mark, next, mark, that's 2,000 clicks. Now you're gonna push next, 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 mark, because that one's a good one, next, 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 that one's a good one, mark. Okay, which means you'll push a total of 1,300 buttons, 1,333 buttons, okay, to choose the good images. So for an efficiency, just literally efficiency working standpoint, that's faster because it's less buttons that you have to push. Then you think about the decision fatigue of trying to decide like, gosh, should I throw this away? It's a much harder decision to decide if you want to throw an image away and delete it versus can I live without this image or not? Meaning, you're looking for only the good images. You're looking for the best. And so when you're going through it and you're thinking, which images can I not live without? You're thinking about the positive images. It's gonna make you feel better about your photo shoot. It's gonna take less time and it will be easier decisions for you to make, okay? So when you're going through your images and choosing and doing a culling method to choose your images, to cull means to choose, not to call, to cull, okay? To choose, you should look for the good and ignore the bad, okay? If it's not awesome, then don't even worry about it, just skip by. And what yeah. you do at the end is you filter by the images that were good, and what it will automatically do is essentially filter out the images that you didn't mark, that were bad, and you can just move those to a different folder called delete or later or ignore, whatever I, I call my folder delete, because I know in six months from now or a year from now, if I want to free up space in my hard drive, I can delete that folder as long as I didn't have a client requesting an image that I might have missed or something. Okay? So when you're calling images, when you're choosing images, only look for the good images and only look to keep one-third of your images. That means that two-thirds of your images are going to go directly into a folder that you are later going to delete. Maybe in six months from now, maybe never, maybe never, or maybe in two years from now. The point is, is you're no longer paying attention to those bad images, okay? And you're only focusing on the positive. Positive. It will save you time. You will be less tired after you've gone through the images and um, you're gonna feel happier at the end because you were focusing on the good images. And you have less images to edit at the end. Okay, yeah. so when Rich was talking about a little teeny bit ago where he's like, I love editing. It's great to be able to transform the images and you know, focus on the images that are really good. Um, now you have less images to edit and make good. You're only you know dealing I mean? with the winners and that's great. Imagine any other profession or any other job where you could only deal with the winners. How awesome would that be? Like you're mm -hmm. a gambler and you could only play when you know you're going to win. That's what it's like culling your pictures and picking the winners out. It makes it so much more fun. You're only dealing with positive energy instead of like, oh, that shot's blurry. It doesn't matter. I have it sharp. Don't focus on that blurry picture ever again. Don't ever give your client an out-of-focus picture because you called it out. Boom sauce. The only, the only exception to that, I'm going to argue with that. I agree. Don't give your clients out-of-focus pictures. Okay. If you're shooting a wedding, <laughs> he's holding up Wilson. Um, if you're shooting a wedding, Okay, and Grandma Sue passed away, or, or is you know like it's a special moment, and for some reason you only got a slightly out of focus version of that first and last dance with Grandma Sue or Uncle Jack or whatever it is. I, I blame your you candid camera like, for that. <laughs> if only I was shooting a Nikon or an EOS R. Um, I'm just saying there are t there are. There are there is the exception. Sorry, sorry, Rich. Yeah, playing no, devil's advocate. I, I, I there agree. Is, there, I agree. There is the exception. There is the exception where um, you know the emotion or the moment trumps the technical quality of your image. But like when you're shooting headshots or you're shooting commercial stuff or senior portraits, like you have time to set up those images. 
Okay. And if I you're would say a story. And I would say if you have the time, another mistake photographers make every single day of their entire photography life is they don't review their images in the field. Like as far as shooting like a pro, look at your camera, make sure you got it. Yes, there are times where you'll miss a moment because it's happening so fast. But if you call correctly and make sure you have it, you have it. Devil's Advocate back mm. at you. Back at you, David. Yeah, you, you should check your images. Some people are like, oh, let me look at the histogram or oh, whatever. Like, you should definitely look at the images. Bro, sure can I, can I tell you? A, a, I'm going to tell you a story. David shot my wedding. This beautiful man. I don't know where he's at. My left or right. Somewhere over here. He shot my wedding. I'm on your at, right, I think. And what happened was I was, <laughs> I was, be, I, 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 had to, I had decided at that point I wanted to be a photographer. You came and you shot my wedding. And I was amazed because I was a spray and prayer. I would shoot like, it's not like machine gunning going off. And this is you shooting my wedding. You ready? This was David. Click. And then you would look at the back of your camera for what felt like an eternity to me. And then I looked at myself in that moment and said, frick, like I'm not doing it right. You know what I mean? That's like a one on the job mm. moment that I've never, ever probably told you even. And I was like, mm. I need to be more intentional about what I'm shooting. And I learned it when you shot mm. my wedding. Mm. So Man, thank you. So thank cool, you for that's that. That's cool to hear. Yeah. That, that, thanks for sharing. That's, that's pretty good. Um, or that's neat for me to hear. So were you judging me? Like, why isn't he taking more pictures or no, no, think- I, w- I was just like wondering like, man, it, it just felt very slow compared to like my pace. <laughs> not like, not like that. You yeah. were like slow with it. I was just like, man, this guy is looking to make sure he has the shot where I never did that before. Mm. And like, I was very new at that stage. I was doing weddings and I probably shouldn't have been, but watching, mm. watching you like watching a master at their craft, when you're learning is so fun. And that's what I love about the photo mentorship that we have is like, I'm able to say it over and over and over and over and over again. Like learn from my mistakes, ask me questions so you don't mess up and have to cry as much as I did in my early twenties. You know, (laughs) uh, that's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that, man. I did not know that. Um, yeah, sometimes people like, it's funny. I've been on shoots sometimes and it's, um, it can be awkward if you take too long of a time to like look at photos, cause then you're like, if you're on the reciprocal side and thinking that like, Oh gosh, did I do something wrong? Do I look unflattering in this image or whatever it is? So um, I'm glad that I was thinking through those images, but just, to, just a word of caution that if you take too much time, then you'll it can freak be out your client. You know, yeah. we're actually doing a lot. So what's that? I said, you'll freak out your client. Like, like are my eyes closed every time? Yeah. You want to keep your, Keep your client happy. Tell them how beautiful they look, even when they're ugly. Oh, you look great. <laughs> Lie to them. Lie um, your face the, off. The yeah. truth, you know, you know, it's interesting. So we're doing a, um, uh, we're doing a live training tomorrow at 11 a.m. Uh, on the core posing method that I've coined or invented or whatever. Um, so it's about, it's about how to naturally pose your subjects like a pro. So we're doing a live training about that. Maybe we can post a link to it in in the uh in the chat if you guys are interested in doing that we're also going to do a camera giveaway on that live training tomorrow about posing but we're going to talk a lot about posing and how it can actually be uh really awkward for your subjects because getting photographed is actually can be really awkward um if the photographer does not do a good job to break the ice and to make people feel really natural so we're going to talk about the core posing method or as an acronym and i'll talk to you guys about that tomorrow so hopefully we can post a link to that Um, maybe my team can in just a minute. Um, but what I do want to do also is, is do a quick editing, editing demonstration. I know if you guys are listening live in the podcast, maybe you just need to, maybe we'll edit this part out and maybe you can just watch this on davidmona.com forward slash zero zero one. But I wanted to do a quick, um, quick demonstration for you guys of the five-step editing recipe. Some of you guys have maybe seen our trainings or a lot of you guys are in the photo mentorship. If you're in the photo mentorship, would you let us know in the comments right now? 
The Photo Mentorship is in our amazing membership community that um, where our students can stream access to all of our courses. We have 20 something courses right now and counting and we have more courses and content coming out all the time. So it's our amazing membership community where you get unlimited access to that stuff, get unlimited questions answered by me and Rich and Crystal and Brandon and Emily and our other mentors. And uh, it's truly, truly amazing. So some of you guys may have seen me do a similar training to this. Marissa says she's a member. Sarah's saying it's awesome. So thanks so much. Um, and uh, But what I think I'm gonna do here is, um, is do a live editing training here in a second. Does that sound good? Uh, so, does that sound good to you, Richard? Richard F. Coleman. It's. I love watching you edit. It's kind of like, it's pretty. It's a pretty intimate thing. Like I know it sounds weird. It's a weird way to say it, but like, giving like letting somebody look at your raw file is like this is how I shot it. Like here's here's me like cooking in the kitchen. Like you're you're kind of like a little bit vulnerable, and that's what, another thing I love about the photo mentorship is we're like we're able to be vulnerable with each other because, you know, helping each other out, man. It's all that matters. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. So I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a little live editing demonstration for you guys. Let me, let me see if I can share my screen here. There we go. Boom. Boom sauce. So we're sharing the screen. And so here is a, here's a specific moment that, um, you know, the, the moment that I was, uh, this is, I'm going to describe this moment for you real quick. Okay. It was a stunning moment on Lake Tune. I think it was Lake Tune, uh, T-H-U-N in, was it Tune? Whatever. It was around Tune, Switzerland, okay? And it was to the tune of beauty. Beautiful, okay? So anyways, um, absolutely stunning sunset. There's sailboats floating in the lake. The colors were vibrant, this warm, red, stunning sunset, okay? But unfortunately, uh, this is what happened. This is what showed up on the back of my camera, okay? I'm gonna, of course, I'm using, by the way, I am using right now, I'm using Lightroom Classic which is the best editing program, okay? There is another program over here called Lightroom, and I call that one Lightroom Dumb. So if it just says Adobe Lightroom, that is Adobe Lightroom Dumb. Don't use that one, uh, or I don't, it, it's okay, okay? If you're using it, it's okay, but it's nowhere near as cool and as awesome as Lightroom Classic is. Lightroom Classic is like Audrey Hepburn, okay? Classic is always better than these trashy current modern day, uh, movie stars. Okay, so classic is better, all right? Um, so we're using Lightroom Classic. I'm gonna press uh, Shift F um, one time, and then I'm gonna press Shift F again, okay? And what that does is that goes to full screen, which is pretty awesome. So I wanna show you guys real quick. I am in, at the moment, the library module. By the way, these are all panels. <clears throat> Each of these panels uh, up here, you can take it away or click it back by clicking this button right here. You can click this button right here, take that panel away, the bottom one. All of these are panels where you can do that. And if you press the tab key, the panels just go away um, right there. And if you press the tab key again, the panels come back, okay? Um, so anyways, um, what I like to do is, uh, well, I'll show you in a second. So right now I am in the library module um, right at this second, okay? And uh, let me make sure that I can develop this image because I think I think you that I do, need to plug in a do different it. hard drive. Well, oh no! I just, re I just realized my hard drive is not plugged in. That's really this important. this part of today is brought to you by Vetero Back Support Pad. <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. It's brought to you by the Back Support Pad. Okay. Um, let me make sure that. TPMA is in there. Bum, bum, bum. Make sure that my heart. I can sure sing a. I can sing a rich, song. Rich, rich, rich. Tell them a story real quick. Um. Well, let me let me find a David Molnar. One time, David Molnar was on the beach. Um. He was a teenager. I'm just kidding. I know you're like immediately afraid right now. <laughs> I'm, but, I'm ready. I, no, no, no. I think I think I'm ready to go. I think I think it's uh, hopefully this file is. Yeah. <laughs> you there were, we go. You were All so nervous. No, no, that's okay. Um, so, so here's what's happening um, in this moment. So I teach this in the Lightroom course. I had just gotten to my office right before the podcast starts, so I forgot to plug in my hard drive. But here's the deal. I don't store my photos on my computer because it will fill my computer up too fast. That's why I specifically use one of these Seagate hard drives, which maybe we'll give away next week. We give these away all the time. Okay, this is a five terabyte hard drive, and I actually store my photos on this five terabyte hard drive. Okay, I didn't have this hard drive plugged in, so even though I had Lightroom open, it was saying file is missing because the light the hard drive wasn't plugged in. I plug it in, and now voila, the file is no longer missing. 
okay? So no big deal. But here is that scene in, in Switzerland. And remember, it was this vibrant, amazing sunset, okay? It was really beautiful. It was red, pink, orange colors. It was absolutely stunning, okay? Um, and, um, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna use my five-step editing recipe to um, to edit this, uh, to edit this photo. All right. So the five step editing recipe, I'm going to go through this really fast for you guys because, um, yeah, I'm just gonna do that. By the way, if you press the letter I as an in internet, um, then it can take, it can show you the, the, um, you know, the information about the photo, like the metadata. Okay. So what I did, by the way, is I went from the library module to the develop module. And the develop module is where you have this basic panel over on the right-hand side, okay? And the basic panel is not basic, it's actually awesome. It's where you can do a lot of the big picture changes inside of Lightroom. It's really, really amazing, okay? So what I do in my five-step editing recipe, and I'm gonna do this really fast uh, today, is step number one is to adjust your white balance. What is white balance? Well, it's the combination of the temperature and the tent sliders, okay? If you go to the right, it's gonna warm up the image, which actually is looking pretty good. If you go to the left, it's gonna blue up the image or, or basically make the image look a little bit colder in, in color temperature, okay? What I wanna do, because it was this warm, vibrant, amazing, vibrant, orange, glowing, golden hour sunset, I wanna warm up the image to actually make it feel um, like it felt when I was there, okay? Um, and um, Okay, and then what I also wanna do is I wanna add some reds back in. And this second slider, this is the tent slider. To the left, you're seeing it go more green. To the right, it goes more red. Now maybe that's a little bit exaggerated. By the way, if I double click on one of these, it'll go back to its starting place, okay? But um, if I go to the right, then it's going to basically add some reds to this image. And so now we've drastically changed what this image felt or what, what you're actually seeing with your own eyes. By the way, I'm gonna get rid of this top panel because I like to have a little bit more real estate here, okay? So if I press this backslash key, I can actually see the before and the current state. Look up here, right up here in this corner, when I press the backslash key, it shows you the before state, okay? All right, and so step one is to adjust the white balance. Well, we're getting there closer. Step two is to adjust the exposure. Here's the problem, exposure is brightness, that's not a problem, but if you go to the left, it goes dark. If you go to the right, then it warms up. Here's the problem right now, okay? The problem with this image at the moment is the horizon's a little bit crooked, that's a problem, we'll fix that in a minute, but the sailboats are a little bit darker than probably they need to be. But if I just simply raise the exposure like this, there's a big problem. We're losing the details up here in the sky and that's bad, I want to recreate the emotion, and if I do that, then I'm losing all the details in the sky above the horizon, okay? Um, so I can't just simply do a blanket change like that by raising the exposure. I mean, I might be able to, but that's probably not what I should do, okay? So I'm gonna skip this step of adjusting the exposure if necessary. The next thing I'm gonna do is add some contrast, potentially, if I need to, okay? If I go negative on the contrast, it makes all of the brights and the darks go towards gray tones. If I go to the right, it's gonna make the blacks look almost solid black and the whites to look almost solid white. So I don't necessarily wanna go that extreme, so what I will do is I'll add just a little smidge of contrast around plus, let's say plus 20, okay? Now here's where step four is actually a really magical step. I like to say it's the highlight of the training, okay? Because highlights are simply going to adjust the highlight area. Look in the top right-hand corner, okay? The top right-hand corner, when I increase the highlights, it's only affecting the highlighted areas and uh, essentially the sky and the reflections in the water. It's not affecting the shadows beneath the horizon over here, okay? But we don't wanna raise the highlights because that looks bad. What we might wanna do is lower the highlights a little bit and make those details be more vibrant. Boom, it's looking awesome, okay? We're getting closer to what it actually felt like. Now the next one is shadows, okay? So step four is to adjust the highlights and shadows. It's one combined step, so there's kind of a two-part thing, just kind of like there's a two-part thing in the temperature and tent slider of changing the white balance, because that the white balance is the combination of these two sliders, the highlights and the shadows is the combination in step four. So with shadows, if you just simply lower the shadows, then it's gonna make the darker areas darker, okay? If you raise the shadows, it's gonna raise the brightness of just the shadows in the, in the darker area. How amazing is that? Here's before and here's the current state. Pretty incredible. So step four, let's look at that. Step four is where some of the big transformation comes. Okay, I'm gonna double click on these sliders which sets them back to their starting place, which in this case is zero. 
okay? So if I reduce the highlights here, it's adding details up here. And if I increase the shadows here, it's bringing up just the shadows, but it's not messing with the sky like it did when we just raised the exposure, okay? Because the exposure was raising everything in the picture and the shadows is just simply controlling the shadows of the image. Pretty powerful. So I'm probably gonna raise that to 100% even, okay? And then the next thing we can do, we probably in this situation now that I've done that, is um, I'll actually lower the shadows just a little teeny bit because maybe I think it was going a little bit too much, okay? So I'll go 60-ish something. I'm, I'm right around 68 and 67 for the highlights and the shadows, okay? So here's where we were before and here's where we are now. That's pretty amazing. Now the fifth and final step for the five-step editing recipe that I teach in that course, Lightroom Classic 101, which every single member of the photo mentorship can stream for free included in their membership. They can also stream Lightroom Classic 201 in the membership as well and all of our other courses on Photoshop and et cetera, because we have 20 something courses. But anyways, the point being, the fifth step in the five-step editing recipe, which I teach in those courses, is to clarify your image. And you do that in the presence area. Now presence, I like to say, is a present from Adobe to us, okay? It is amazing. To be clear. Um, <laughs> yeah, to be clear, it is, yeah, it's awesome, awesome. Um, that's awesome. Um, but anyways, what we're gonna do is we're gonna adjust some sliders under the presence area, okay? So the first thing um, we're going to do is adjust the, you know, so Rich and I have this kind of common thing we talked about, um, we talked about texture slider. I don't use the texture slider as much. What that does is it essentially sharpens things, which actually is pretty cool, but I think it can be overdone. Uh, so I might do a little teeny bit of texture. It might just add a little teeny bit, which is fine. Um, but um, what I do have, is uh, is clarity and dehaze, okay? So if you change the clarity slider to the left, it's gonna make everything unclear. It's gonna be less clear, or it's gonna remove some clarity, okay? Um, if you add some clarity here, it's going to clarify the image a little bit. Now, if you go too much, it's gonna be real sharp and real, real clear. So that may be a little bit exaggerated. I don't necessarily like that. Sometimes when you add too much clarity, it reduces some saturation and some stuff like that as well, okay? So what I might do is just add a little teeny bit of clarity, all right? Now, dehaze is another really cool tool. If you go to the negative, it makes everything super hazy, okay? It's a little different than the clarity, all right? If you declarify or reduce the clarity, it looks kind of like Glamour Shots by Deb, okay? If you dehaze, it kind of looks like real hazy. It's like a little bit, it's more just hazy, they have a different effect, okay? So remember, we, we increase the clarity by, I don't know, 30, 40%. In the dehaze, we don't wanna go 100% because it makes it way too dramatic. It's kinda cool, but we're not trying to go for the look in the movie 300 here. Um, we're just gonna add a little teeny bit of dehaze, okay? So I'm gonna go 25, 30%, something like that, pretty good, okay? Here's where we were before, here's where we are now. It's an absolutely dramatic, amazing transformation so far. I think we could even pull back some more details in these highlights, so let's go ahead and do that. I'll reduce these highlights just a little teeny bit more here, okay? And we might be able to go a little bit step forward, a little bit step, a little step further. By the way, all these things, you're not set on them, you can always go back and readjust, okay? So let's say I wanted to lower the exposure a little teeny bit and pull in a little bit more, um, just kind of add a little darkness in the sky. I still have a little bit more leeway with the shadows to raise the shadows here and kind of balance up out that exposure, okay? I'm gonna reduce the texture a little teeny bit because it's just bothering me. <laughs> like, it yeah. just bothers me sometimes. I get it. Okay, so here's where we were before, here's where we are now. And the one final step we need to do um, in this situation is to um, just kind of, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do a Rich Coleman. I'm gonna pull a Rich Coleman right here. Because we can basically, in the crop area, the crop tool, we can actually twist and rotate the horizon here. Um, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna push escape. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna go back to this crop tool, which the shortcut key is R for that. And we can go to this angle key and we can literally just draw a line on the horizon. It's gonna crop on that horizon, okay? And so it rotated it slightly. Now what's funky is that there's this wind line, which kind of is deceiving a little teeny bit, but I can press enter. And now we have an amazing transformation. Here's the before and here's the current state. And there's the image. That is a successfully edited image to recreate the emotion that you felt, that I felt, that hopefully now you feel from seeing the same scene that I saw with my God-given eyes, and now hopefully you are experiencing the beauty of what I felt when I was uh, you know, experiencing that scene with my own eyes. Okay, so there you go. That is a quick example of the five-step editing recipe um, and how you can 
edit your images because the images that you see that pop up on the back of your camera, regardless of how amazing uh, of a job that you have done photographing and getting all your settings, your cameras still pale in comparison to what Rich and I and you can see with our God-given eyes, okay? We can see so many more details. And so the reason that we edit is to recreate that emotion, to reconvey the beauty that you and I saw with our God-given eyes so that our viewers, which is you in this instance, can experience that same beauty or at least a closer glimpse of that beauty, okay? And hopefully feel some of the same emotions that you and I felt with our God-given eyes. <sighs> Can you say all that again? I missed it. <laughs> oh man, there's someone using a power saw like near me. So sorry if y'all are hearing that in the background. I got gotcha. you. Mm. We just thought you were uh, just like so into it. I could hear the the wheels spinning. You could you, you like could the, hear the saw. It's like, it's like the it's like the, the gerbil spinning. the gerbil running. You saw what I was what I was putting down. Or but you, boom! Uh, it did, that, it, you know, what a what the a sound great. just doesn't quite cut it. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's it's not that bad. What a great demonstration of the power. Of Lightroom. I say this all the time. Photoshop's great and has a purpose, but the power behind Lightroom Classic is just unbeatable. I love it. Mm. I use it every day, mm. all the time. Mm. If, you, you, if you have Lightroom, we call it Lightroom Dumb, not because you're dumb, because the software is dumb. If you have Lightroom Dumb, you probably have access to Lightroom Awesome also. Mm -hmm. So start practicing Classic it. It can, be, awesome. it, yeah. it can be intimidating, but just hop in there and use it. Um, especially with the, the learning resources we have where David literally shows you how to use every button and bell and whistle within Lightroom. It's amazing. Hey, do you have internet? Okay. So, Lightroom Awesome. That's awesome, man. Lightroom Awesome. Lightroom Classic slash Awesome. It's amazing. Um, okay, sweet. Uh, should we do this giveaway now? I think we should. Okay. Awesome. We should do the giveaway. Hey, did we post a link to register for that free training tomorrow? Did we do that yet? We did. I we forget. did. I don't, I don't when I say I... when I say we, I say Crystal did. Okay, Crystal. So Crystal posted a link. Sweet. So for those for those of you guys who are just tuning in now, we're we're doing a free live training on the core posing method tomorrow. Okay, and uh, we're going to be giving away a camera. You're going to get to choose. Like one one attendee is going to win a camera. Okay, so we're gonna, the winner gets to choose between a brand new Nikon, that's a Canon, brand new Canon or Nikon camera. Okay, winner gets to choose. So show up to, tomorrow live at 11 a.m. We have a link to register. Carol's saying she already registered. Awesome, fantastic. Uh, you guys are amazing. So we're gonna do a giveaway for the backpack from B&H. That's an awesome backpack. And uh, we're gonna do that. So hopefully hopefully we have a winner here shortly. Um, by yes. the way, all this this podcast and everything is made possible by thephotomentorship.com. That's our amazing membership program. Uh, where you, where members can stream unlimited content to all of our courses, all of our tutorials, and get unlimited questions answered by me and Rich and our other mentors. Okay, and get free stuff like five times a week. I mean, that's that's worth joining check, right there. <laughs> go check it out, folks. You guys are awesome. Okay, I don't know who the giveaway winner is. I do, but hopefully you do. Okay, we're gonna give away this backpack, and the winner is. Donna Jackson. I miss you for real. Mrs. Jackson. Donna Jackson. Donna, you have won. That's awesome. You won a backpack, but you also won the gift of me singing for you just <laughs> then. So congrats <laughs> twice. My face is stuck on the outside of your box for you to maybe try to peel off and keep forever. I don't know. Whatever you want, but it is on there. <laughs> um, I don't know if I spelled it right, but I assume Donna Jackson was spelled D-O-N-N-A Jackson, but I just posted that in there. You did such a good job, David. So, oh, sweet. Um, yeah, don't register while you're driving, Andrea. Okay, awesome. Well, that was hopefully that helped you guys. Hopefully you guys learned that you want to choose images uh, in a positive way. You, you know, you're always looking for the good in the images and you, per you have permission from me and Rich to, to know and realize that two thirds of your images will suck, okay? They're not gonna be good. All right, unfortunately. And, um, and uh, yeah, two-thirds two of your images are not going to be good. So you're going to ignore those two-thirds of your images, and you're only going to focus on the images that you cannot live without. Okay? Pick, so the, that's, pick the that's winners. That's how you cold. Pick the winners, okay? And then also, um, you know, follow that five-step editing recipe. Join the photomentorship.com and take my Lightroom Classic 101 course and learn all of this stuff step-by-step. Step. Yeah, there we go. So 
Thanks for tell Rich. me tell me tell Thanks me a for story being here. Tell me a story. I'm just kidding. I just wanted to put you on the spot. <laughs> I think the stories are done for the day. Guess what? What? I love you. Now, are you talking about me or the students? Thanks, guys. Thanks for showing up. We'll talk to y'all. Depends on the you I'm getting. You guys are you guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify so you never miss out on news and events. Give us a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about us. It helps us get the word out so we can help more people reach their photography goals. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what topics you'd like us to talk about. Email us at hello at davidmolnar.com. This podcast is brought to you by thephotomentorship.com. Thank you.